0: What's going on, guys? It's Monday Madness. I'm your host, Anthony, and thank you for tuning into the Culture Jacked Podcast on whichever platform you're listening to. Today, I've got an assortment of stuff we're going to be discussing. Primarily, we're going to be focusing on the incredible Todd McFarlane, not Seth, Todd McFarlane. We're also going to be diving into a little bit of news and. As always, I'm sure I have a couple of tidbits referring to the Friday show in which Dustin dived into all kinds of news and, of course, the recasting of the X-Men team there. If you guys did not catch that, make sure and jump back to that episode so you can catch up. Let's dive into a little bit of news out of the gate. So first and foremost, the way I want to start today's episode is picking up a piece that Dustin uh discussed on his show and that was the Mandalorian is back on Disney plus uh so it released on I believe it was a 30th and what a great episode uh they only released one as opposed to launching the whole shoot and match so I'm under the impression that they're going to be dropping episode weekly as uh uh a lot of other shows have done i'm not sure why they elected to go that route other than the the fact that it is the only new show so they figured they could probably draw you back in week after week to maybe watch that i don't know but what i do know is what an incredible show john favreau if you guys aren't familiar is the director of the iron man series And he's also the primary director of The Mandalorian. And what an incredible job he has done. The first episode, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but it is, if you're a Mandalorian fan, they start off season two right, to to put it nicely. Um, In in other news, as far as shows go, Netflix recently announced that they're going to be doing the live-action Assassin's Creed there's not really any details other than they did this, uh, the Assassin's Creed emblem logo with the Netflix logo and then put that out as a teaser. I searched around a little bit and didn't see any uh, any cast or uh, actors or anything tied to it or directors at this point. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It hopefully means that they're creating whatever world they're going to create. I'm under the assumption that they'll probably go to... Uh, maybe like the 16th century. It could be anything, though, to tell you the truth. Under the Assassin's Creed, if they're following any of the video games, I mean, they've got, what, 500 years almost of of ability to uh, tell the story. I do like the idea. Assassin's Creed is an incredible game, if you like that game. Um, I know a lot of people that don't like it, so they don't care about the 20 games that they've created. But if you do like it, uh, it's a, it's a fun game, in my opinion. Also, they had a movie, you know, with Michael Fassbender and, uh, the movie I didn't think was bad. I did. I didn't like the way they did some of the cinematography and I felt like they could have done a couple of things different, but I am excited because Netflix does do very well with IPs and I have faith in them. They did excellent with the Witcher and, uh, yeah, so pretty pretty excited about the announcement there over at Netflix. Talking about the brand new Assassin's Creed, or I should say, in development Assassin's Creed. Oh, I had to get a drink of cup, uh, drink of coffee. It's early in the morning here, and I've been working at this for a while. We are trying. Well, I am trying a different setup today with the podcast, so hopefully this fares out. Um. I've got everything kind of configured and I'm running it through my MacBook as opposed to through my CPU. So hopefully that works out. I've been trying different configurations over the last several re- weeks as I've moved into the new studio office. and I'm trying to figure out what a what works best and then and B obviously what uh, does anything enhance the podcast or any of the video stuff that I do talking about that that's what i was doing pretty much through the weekend other than celebrating halloween very inclusively here uh kind of a kind of a daunting day to some degree we didn't at my house i didn't see very many kids at all we had some a uh, couple of family members stop by to do the trick or treat thing but no one really out on the streets the neighbor my neighborhood normally is lit up and uh it, i wouldn't say is super festive by any stretch of the imagination but we normally get our fair share of trick or treaters. Unfortunately, this year I didn't see any, and we did not participate uh, as I thought we were going to. It was very cold, and uh, yeah, kind of sucks. So for for my whole life, over thirty six years, I've participated. Obviously, when I was one, two, three, four, five, not as much, but kind of crazy to think about that. How was your weekend? I hope your weekend went well. Maybe you participated in Halloween, maybe you didn't. That's uh with messing with the gear here in the office and everything else. That's that's uh pretty much what my weekend consisted of and then of course looking at some uh ideas for the podcast. Here listening to Dustin's podcast. And uh, much more. So back to news. One thing, I, and I think I mentioned this before, but I keep seeing this thing, and for whatever reason, I'm a sucker for, for these goofy ads and all of that stuff, and that is Cameo. You guys have to check this out. It's uh, If anything, it's worth a laugh. I, I think it is. So Cameo, and I think I explained this before, is a new service that essentially... Pro athletes, celebrities, and and the sort are on this platform. It's kind of like, uh, it's almost like a Snapchat kind of thing. But you pay them, and then they will curate some kind of message for you. So if someone, for example, if someone's birthday is coming, and you know that they're a tremendous fan of Dolph Lundgren, who is on there, or was on there, You can pay him whatever his fee is. I think Dolph Lundgren's fee was pretty steep. It was like 350 bucks or 400 bucks, and you'll get Carl Drago from the Rocky film saying something funny. In fact, that's what a lot of his was, was Drago comments, and it's a video. So you can have essentially Dolph Lundgren tell your dad, mother, brother, sister, whoever, happy birthday with a special message. And I was like, this is a genius idea. Um, They also had a lot of other guys, a couple of guys from The Office. They had Bam Margera. If you're not familiar, Bam was a skater and then a huge TV icon via MTV uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Not so much in the celebrity world these days, I don't believe, but uh, he put in a resignation notice and told the, the boss that he was putting it in what a piece of crap he was and uh, there, there you have it. And so, again, there's so many different actors and in, in so many different things from Tia Carrere to uh, who else was on there? I was well, oh, Randy Couture was on there, the UFC heavyweight champion of the world or former UFC heavyweight champion of the world. Rick Flair was on there, and just a, a lot of guys. But the thing and the reason I guess I get suckered into this is a lot of these folks are, we'll say, seasoned. Celebrities or seasoned athletes that I, I, I just sit there and I, I'm very fascinated with them because I'm like, this is genius because people, you know, how cool would that be for it to be your birthday? I was trying to get Nick Cage and unfortunately he's not on there for Dustin, but I thought about that. I'm like, it would be the greatest thing in the world if I could get Nick Cage to sing Dustin a birthday song or something. And then he has a video forever. He could share it, whatever. But I mean, that's a pretty cool thing, depending on where you sit in, in that world of, uh, celebrity influence and celebrity meaning. And when I say celebrity, I don't mean just TV actors. I also mean athletes, uh, public figures, but having a specialized message, even though the costs can be high or, or low, um, That is something I, you know, you do it once probably for someone with with that special person. And I think that that would be a pretty cool uh, gift. I also think it would be a cool item just to have that, hey, you know, even though it may not be anything more than a discussion or or a message to them from them to you. But I think it's a genius idea, especially for these folks that maybe aren't as busy as they once were. So check it out. Cameo. C-A-M-E-O. Uh, again, I think it's, I, I, I find it to be quite humorous. Maybe it's just me. Um, again, let's keep going into a little bit of news here. I haven't seen this yet, but Borat is back on Amazon prime. If you're a Borat fan, make sure and check it out available only on Amazon prime. So Borat return, there's a bunch of, there's quite a bit of controversy about it, about his depictions of certain things as there always is, because, if you're not familiar with, with uh, I'm going to mess his uh, Sacha Baron Cohen. I just screwed his name up. I'm sure he's quite a controversial uh, comedian, but he is a genius. If you've seen him in Bruno, or if uh, I started watching him when he was on the Ali G show, and then of course Borat, and just so many different things. The guy's a comedic genius that kind of holds his own, has his own. He's also been in a handful of serious movies as well. Anyways, that's available on Amazon. I may, uh, in desperation, one evening for entertainment. I may watch it. I don't know yet. Uh, let's see. Who else is in the news? Uh, one, one person that stood above the rest recently as far as something I wanted to report on in the little, the, as far as news goes, is the one and only keanu reeves so keanu reeves uh dustin mentioned this actually in his uh podcast there in regards to um if he's in the mcu recently there was quite a bit of i i would uh, i don't know if i want to say it as like gossip i think it is gossip i don't think it's real news anyways there's there's a lot of speculation that he is going to be in some fashion in the MCU. In fact, I read a couple of articles, but they were so vague. I think it was all fake, to tell you the truth. But they were saying he's he's at the shoot. He's going to some of the shootings of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Nothing's officially been done. We'll we'll have to see. But in that light, a couple of things that Keanu Reeves, aside from his uh, career with uh, the recent massive resurgence with the John Wick series. And then, you know, he dives into Cyberpunk, which I think is incredible. He plays a big character in there where he is a uh, lead guitarist and singer, I believe, of, of uh, I can't remember the name of the Samurai band there and all of that, and you see him there. But another cool fact, and that's in Cyberpunk uh, 2077, which we all know is delayed um, until December 10th, I believe. Um, So Keanu Reeves is in that, but something you may not know is Keanu Reeves many years ago with uh, a good buddy of his, and his name just skipped my mind, uh, created a motorcycle company, and the motorcycle company is called Arch. And if you guys haven't seen this and you're into motorcycles at all, take a moment, look up Keanu Reeves Arch. And you'll see a lot of cool videos but you'll also see with him i'm gonna mess this guy's name up. i think it was like harv Geringer, and I'll, I'll have to recheck that but uh anyways they go into design they use 3d and 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 all of this stuff it's an incredible thing to watch and it's also super cool because if you don't know keanu reeves is a big motorcycle guy but to see him step outside of his lane and and really dive into motorcycles and design and, and everything else is cool. What's also cool is Cyberpunk's putting one of the arch motorcycles in the game. Is that the reason for the delay? Question mark question mark question mark. I doubt it, but I do think it is cool that not only is he in the game, he's got one of his uh creative endeavors, the arch motorcycle in there as well. And again, these are incredible designs, super powerful bikes. Uh, these guys absolutely kill it. But uh, as we continue down the Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves venture, if you guys aren't aware, there was a Kickstarter that launched a while back, and it is for the Berserker, or B-R-Z-R-K-R, by Keanu Reeves, Matt Kent, and Ron Jarni. And what this is is a pretty... pretty uh, badass looking again. I don't I don't have a lot of details um other than there's a Kickstarter for it and essentially what this is is a comic and they're going to have uh if you jump into the Kickstarter you have several options but at the $50 level you get each graphic novel. There are 120 page each is, or 384 pages total and you get each volume so there's three volumes and it's essentially this like Ronin like badass looking character and if you spend 50 bucks you get the three the three and let's see the first volume comes out in 2021 in September the second following in April 22 and uh April 2022 and then September 2022 uh their goal was 50,000 and they're at 1.5 million It, it check it out I mean I think it's pretty cool that uh i don't don't know i just think it's cool i think the art looks cool it's got kind of a more of a soldier style um version and then they had stuff all the way up to what looks to be tier 10 at $2,500 that's so crazy so this is sold out let me read this to you it's kind of blocked out i can't really read it but it says tier 10 $2,500 you'll get a cameo appearance at an issue reprinted in one of the graphic novels including your name mentioned in a caption and a balloon and a likeness drawn in the issue and a single line dialogue you'll also get like a bunch of the art stuff and a exclusive print signed by Keanu Matt Kent and Ron Garney I think that's freaking sweet now that's the let's say if you want to blow 2,500 bucks on something but You know, if that thing takes off or even if it doesn't, I mean, you're in a freaking comic book. How cool is I think that's pretty cool. Um, Let's see. Some of these tiers are no longer available. Some are. So if you're interested, so the tier one at the $50, which I just said, is just you get the three soft cover editions. And then if you go to the tier two, you get the limited editions, which is the novel Kickstarter limited edition soft covers or day one I don't know what that means. It's 75 bucks. So you pay 25 bucks more and you get the limited edition cover on all three of those bad boys. And then if you jump up to $99 for $25 more, folks, you get the hardcover. It's kind of a crazy increment level. So 25 bucks gets you a limited edition cover and then 25 or 50 bucks more. So if you're interested solely in the content, stay at 50 bucks. If you want the collectability in the content, you can jump as far as 50 bucks. And then going up to 125 it looks like graphic novel, Kickstarter exclusion, limited edition, deluxe hardcover. So you get the basic hardcover for $100, you get the deluxe hardcover for $125. The $250 is sold out, and then you jump up to $325, which is essentially every available edition in four renditions. So every edition I just said, you get all four for a whopping $325. Bones. Um, and then the rest of them are actually sold out. So I thought that was really cool. Check it out. Again, you can just type in uh, Keanu Reeves or you, uh, Keanu Reeves Kickstarter. You can type that in. Or it is B-R-Z-R-K-R. And uh, get your copies if you're interested. If not, that's, uh, that's okay. Just keep on keeping on. I just thought it was a cool thing that I saw a while back and uh yeah i was i was kind of blown away This like jesus this guy is a part of like just so many different things that are uh pretty cool right now between cyberpunk john wick this uh, berserker kickstarter and god you know whatever else he's gonna come come through with i was pretty pretty taken back by that all right so enough on keanu reeves i want to talk about mr todd mcfarlane and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about Todd McFarlane is I have been a fan of Todd McFarlane for a very, very long time. And uh, there's a lot of videos on there. I recently, probably within the last year, started following him on Instagram and watched a lot of his videos. He does a lot of talk things. He's not I wouldn't say he's the best uh, spoken guy as far as dialogue as a whole goes. Um, but that's not the point of me bringing him up i wanted to bring him up to discuss you know what he's done for the comic community and the artist community because i feel like not a lot of people pay that much attention to him as a person and i think it's kind of important so if you're not familiar todd McFarlane is an artist that started in really started his career in the late 80s and then since has done some incredible things and that's we're just gonna kind of walk through uh, a little bit of the things that he has done. So uh, Todd started a, uh, in the good old artist world. again in the in the late 80s he had been sending out I, I think he said something I've heard, from interviews and from his wiki channel, anywhere from three hundred to seven hundred or eight hundred uh sketches and whatnot, trying to get on with people, he did pick up and work a little bit with d c um which he he did a couple of things i believe and and helped do so uh, he he essentially aided in development of you know the Batman year two comics, some of the infinity comics. The detective comics and stuff. And then again, this is the late 80s. And then he started to work it, while working for DC. He started to work for Marvel, just help, essentially helping a little bit doing The Incredible Hulk. And then in 88, he started doing The Amazing Spider Man with issue 298. And from there, it was a very important and pivotal kind of change. Okay. Really. Because as Todd started to get his name kind of built, right? Um, He had done some stuff with DC, but he's not a Jim Lee or or one of these top artists at this point. And he was creating his craft, his version of comics, his version of his art and creativity, which is always a cool thing if you look at any artist, whether it's a, a comic artist like, like, Todd or if it's just a any kind of artist again a a musical artist or or who who whoever it is you if you get the opportunity to ever look back or if they do interviews or if they do a story or wh- whatever it is but when you get to see them building up and then they have those pivotal moments to me that's that's that ex- exciting climax within the story arc of them and it's real it's not like this this creation from Netflix or something like that this is the real deal and this guy happened to be in the right situation at the right time and let's see you know okay so I'm skimming through this anyways he ends up taking over Spider-Man there's this big controversial thing between him and the creators and, and all of this stuff but ultimately his starting mark as a professional at a high level was he is pretty much the guy that recreated Spider-Man the way he looks. Now, look this up. I think this is important. Important If you're a comic fan at all, you should know this because if you remember the 70s and 80s Spider-Man to where it was just the big eyes, kind of real basic suit, you know, no, his character was a testament of time at that point to where it was like, he hasn't changed. He it's not visually appealing at this point. We're going into the nineties and Todd took his artistic styles and then ultimately created the Spider-Man that you knew through the nineties, really through the two thousands. Um, and it was, I, I think it was pretty incredible where he re- got the opportunity to relaunch Spider-Man number one, which was in August of nineteen 19- 90 and sold 2.5 million copies of this comic which is incredible not only for the time but incredible as a whole which he did do variant covers and then essentially he kind of launched he also you know McFarlane also wrote and illustrated several other series to include Wolverine, Ghost Rider, and many others. So I'm not going to go into a lot of the history there at Marvel. Let's just say that there was some discrepancies between his artistic uh, abilities and creativity versus the company. And I've read and have seen his articles to where there, I don't know, there was some type of conflict between both him and uh, himself creatively. And then uh, Marvel creatively. Well, you move forward a couple of years and by this time, McFarland's making a pretty big name for him. He's done big things. I mean, if you're, if you create the new Spider-Man and it sells 2.5 million copies in the early nineties, you just created a pretty significant wave. Now there was, again, there were some issues because they didn't, uh, there, there was creative people that didn't like his stories. Some thought he was a sloppy artist. His his uh, development wasn't good as far as story art goes and page to page. You can read about all this if you want to um, or watch some of the footage that's available with him talking about it and others talking about it. He did interviews with Stan Lee at the time and, and many others. So you jump forward to 1991 92 era there again there's this tension between mcfarland decides i'm gonna leave marvel which to some it may sound crazy right There's the 90s he just sold 2.5 million copies of a comic and he's he's got the ability to work on this and that and but his creativity is being uh, essentially quenched by the big marvel well him and a group of other artists six to be exact decided to create, let's create uh image comics. And what image is going to do is be essentially the, I, I I'm hesitant to say publisher, but the overarching company. And then what we're going to do is, is allow artists to work under that name and create their own. They own the rights. Cause that's another thing. If you work for DC or Marvel, when you create characters, you don't own those rights. So all of the publishing, all of the money that you make, uh, goes to DC other than your contracted agreement that you have with them. So if you're making, we'll say a hundred thousand dollars a year as an artist and you have to do three comics, six comics, whatever the deal is, that is what it is. So no matter what you create, it's their IP, not yours. Um, so McFarlane and six others create an umbrella company of sort which is called image comics now you may be familiar with image comics you probably you probably are um, and some of the spin-offs of image comics so image comics is the is the big guy in the room and then they developed several other companies within image comics and some of those again you Probably very familiar with. So they had Todd McFarlane Productions, was owned by Todd McFarlane. They had Wildstorm Productions, which was owned by Jim Lee. Highbrow Entertainment, owned by Eric Larson. You also had Shadowline by Jim Valentino. Top Cow Productions, owned by Mark Silvestri, and then Extreme Studios. Now, I'm going to not list th- through all of that because it's just too much, too much crap, too much stuff going in there, but. Uh, as you can imagine, obviously, Todd McFarlane had a couple under him, which was Spawn being the big one. Um, let's see. Larson or Highbrow had Savage Dragon, which was another very long-running comic. Uh, Lee Field and others had, you know, comics like, uh, or excuse me, Jim Lee and Wildstorm. You, if you were into comics in the 90s, you probably know what Wildcats are, right? Youngblood and Savage, uh, you know, let me keep going here. There's a couple of other ones. Top Cow Production is one I'm familiar with. I was also familiar, actually have, I believe I have some Wildcat comics. But Top Cow, you had uh, Witchblade. And that was uh, Ascension or whatever that series was called. And that was a pretty big series at the time because of the extreme and crazy art. And a lot of others, the Max came from them. They also did a little comic called The Walking Dead. Which I thought was really cool, um, and and so th- that is what those pooled creative minds um, built together, and with that created quite a few issues because they're the way that they built that umbrella company is the artists were getting paid a hell of a lot more. So instead of 40,000 for a comic or 10,000 for a comic or 3000 and Todd McFarland talks about this in several, several uh, videos to where, yeah, they would get a cool comic, but they would pay the guy out under the rights of their own comic because essentially, and, and again, they're not really a distributor. They're just the mothership. Uh, would only take a small part. Meanwhile, the artist in owning the rights and everything has the ability to do what they want with their IP, and their paychecks went from you know ten thousand, twenty, thirty thousand to two hundred fifty thousand. So one of the things that he discussed was a lot of these guys would do one thing, get their paycheck, and then the next thing you know, he'd be talking to them on an island, and they're not returning. So Image Comics was formed with all of those those sub sub. Uh, companies below it creating a pretty big uh a a pretty significant jump ahead of most so and i'm trying to find these numbers here because it they ended up making uh or they ended up ultimately turning this into the number three comic producer in the world under marvel dc and then image comics as a whole became that. So you fast forward, we'll just fast forward a few years. I am a huge Spawn fan. I have been since the nineties. In fact, that is one of the main uh, comic collections that I personally own is the Spawn stuff. I do have, um, some other cool things such as, uh, some Frank Miller stuff, which I'm also a, a pretty big fan of. And, um, and a couple other ones, we'll go into that in a different episode. Anyways, you, you move forward, and some of these groups disband.er um, Top Cow keeps doing his thing. In fact, they started growing quite a bit. Uh, you know, Todd McFarlane, they they kind of do their his thing, and then some of the other guys just kind of essentially peter off. Jim Lee kind of goes and does his thing. And Jim Lee's an incredible artist, by the way, if you're not aware. Let's see. I'm trying to move. Keep moving here. So, in addition to all of this happening, essentially, Todd McFarlane's the CEO of of Image Comics, blowing up. There, you become number three for a reason. And Todd decides, okay, well, I want to expand. I want to grow. I want to do. I want to do more than just just this. So, in 1994. Todd started to create a toy company. And within that toy company, it took him him years to kind of build things up. And his main goal was, I want to make better toys at an affordable price for everybody, better in the degree of detail. And if you know Todd McFarlane, and you know, if you're following what I'm saying here, where he took the Spider-Man over and evolved that, he created Spawn. He created this. These artists, not just Todd McFarlane, but a lot of these artists, they wanted to push the envelope from what was in the current preview of everyone. And so Todd took that same mentality with toys and said, well, why, you know, at the time he was having not in 94, but years later, once he started to kind of grow and to actually start doing something with his toy company, he started to notice the decline in, in, I guess, functionality between all of the groups and the IPs. And so, naturally, it lent himself to the ability of, okay, I want to diversify. I want to do things different. And so, to make a long story short, he started McFarland Toys, which at this point, I think they're like the fifth or sixth largest toy manufacturer in the world. If you're not familiar with McFarland Toys, look up action figures from any big sports spawn, most, most big franchise movies you're going to see a mcfarland toy or just go to mcfarland toys he does an incredible detailed job so he took that market and ran with it and then expanded it through time which is also an incredible feat if you guys haven't seen it again a mcfarland toy check it out he also had started todd mcfarland entertainment which you know i don't know I, i i would there is success there. It's not some crazy success, but as you know, they did the, uh, spawn film or in conjunction with new line cinema, they did the, the spawn film, which for it was not the best movie by any stretch of the imagination, but he walked away. I think they got like a 20, $30 million profit. And at the time, I mean, that's, that's, uh, a fair profit. They also did the HBO spawn series, which is pretty cool um they also uh his production company also did a handful of other things in his or his studio production to include uh they did the music video for do the rev uh do the evolution with Pearl Jam which i thought was cool in 98 <clears throat> and Rolling Stones included it in the t- uh, 2012 list of greatest animated videos Ever made. They also did one that I am familiar with. Dustin, I'm sure, is familiar with, and many, many, many kids of the 90s are familiar with, and that's Freaking a Leash by Corn. So he also uh, did. It, he played a role in creating that video. He also did the illustration for that too. And at the time, that was a huge thing. Uh, and then there's a handful of other ones. There. It's just such an interesting deal. One of his one of his things in the 90s when he was creating his toy company to jump back there for a moment he wanted into the uh he wanted to get into the sports world and didn't know how and he talked to a few people and they they weren't really taking him serious because at the time he was doing action figures in this and that so he thought to himself okay doing pretty good doing pretty good with image comics with uh the the toy company at the time was doing very well uh, main distribution lines were, at the time, at Toys R Us, which was in the 90s and even the early 2000s. You get your toy at Toys R Us, and you're doing something very, very right. Um, and then, like I said, '98, 80s, trying to figure out, how, how do I get in the sports world? Because, as we all know, sports in the 90s, 2000s was huge, and they only had those like goofy-ass toys, like G.I. Joe-esque toys that really didn't do justice to the players or the league or anything of that sort. So he decided, okay, well, I'm going to go after MLB first. And I think a way that I can get their attention and to, for them to take me serious as a person, as a part of sports, because I, that was the thing he was fighting was like this guy doesn't have anything to do with sports. Why do we want him to create toys or or play a role in sports? And so he did it. He went after it, and he spent. um what did he spend? Let's see. He paid two point six million dollars at auction for the St. Louis Cardinals first baseman Mark McGuire's hit for the record-breaking seventieth home run ball. I was in junior high when that happened, and that was an epic series where Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire went after the home run, just the the home run records in a season, and all of that. And then he went and paid one hundred seventy five thousand for the Sammy Sosa sixty sixth home run ball. And then also acquired for $517,000, the Barry Bonds record breaker, 73rd home run ball. So after doing that, guess what happens, right? So he buys all these things, gets a shitload of media attention, starts talking. Everybody wants to know who's this guy? Why is he buying all these, these crazy baseballs um, at these uh, at insane prices? Well, he got... The right guy's attention because if you listen to his story, whether it was on the complex interview or past self-created interviews, that was his buy into the sports world. So he looks at it as, "Hey, I spent around three million dollars on uh, to get noticed to 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 be a part of the sports world, and with that, it has afforded me." over 30 million dollars worth of profit through time and so you think about that he spent roughly three got everybody's attention did a bunch of interviews and, and he, he genuinely wanted the baseballs and whatnot as well of course because those are those are some uh, epic epic sports memorabilia to have but then you look at it and he he made over 30 million at this point that's a, a hell of a return on investment, right? That's a 10x investment. And now you, you keep moving forward. So he has, Spawn is still going. In fact, Spawn, something that's cool, is Spawn actually broke the world record for independent Longest running comic of all time at three. He broke it at three hundred and one issues in twenty nineteen, which to me is it, that is freaking cool. And then uh, Savage Dragon isn't too far behind it. I think it's at two hundred fifty. The record was at three hundred. So he broke the Guinness World Record there. He is in talks with Bloomhouse Productions, a massive uh, production company. Look him up uh, with recreating the Spawn story, but this time being a dark, eerie story. And there there is a couple of names attached to it, which is Jamie Fox and then Jeremy Renner. And really the story's supposed to be more about Jeremy Renner's character, which he's supposed to be play, I think it was Detective Twitch. Um and so that's coming. So he's got an incredible comic book series and and subs. He's got an incredible toy figure uh company and which is also highly ranked i think i said that earlier but they're they're one of the top uh figure producers in the world and he's in the talks of recreating a movie now you think about that being a fan of comics if you're a fan of comics then one should take a step back and say that that is amazing because the guy changed spider-man changed the way artists were were created to some degree, allowed for artists to create, and which did create tension between DC Marvel and, and Image Comics, mind you. And they started stealing each other's employees and this and that. Um but essentially this dude forced creativity, forced uh the ability to grow and expand Um, the comic world for what we know today, many, many, many years later. And he also did it in the toy world to where if you remember the toys in the nineties, I do Dustin does many of you that had toys in the nineties, especially the early nineties, they were very basic toys, which served their purpose. I mean, you play GI Joe's or, or, you know, what, what have you great. But then as he started to do these crazy ass things you look at toys now depending on which toy lines you're looking at and it is insane to see some of the levels of detail some of the work that has gone behind his and guess what that created competition there's several companies right now that are trying to compete for his space and what he does and what he has created and i think him as a pioneer for saying um right, wrong, or indifferent, because there there was some comments that he had said and others had said that the guy sounded kind of like he was being a dick. Um, But from a creative standpoint, the ability to believe in something and then influence the market collectively over and over again is a tremendous tremendous feat that Todd McFarlane has uh, been able to accomplish, but it also has impacted... Every one of us, if you have been a fan of comics, and even if you are today, it's something that I felt uh, needed a little bit more attention, not that he needs my help for attention or what have you, but I found a level of interest within this that was like, this is crazy to me. He's also worked with, so I did mention Jim Lee, of course, he did uh, some interview stuff with Stan Lee. He also worked with Neil Gaiman. There was a big dispute between himself and Neil Gaiman for uh, creative rights over a character. And many, many other artists. There's been many cool collaborations. Spawn with Batman with a DC merge or a DC collaboration. Uh, There were several, both on both sides. So DC got to do a run on it. Image Comics got to do a run on it, and uh, everything in between. So I thought that was cool, and a lot of other uh, other things through time. But I wanted to share this uh, with the collective culture jacked group because I've been following it for quite quite a few years and again there there was a time in my life that I was an avid uh spawn comic book uh collector I do have a couple of spawn figures that I actually purchased many years ago that I put up in in the office here and I, I I just think it's an incredible thing that the guy's done for the industry and it it makes you start it made me start thinking like jesus this is this dude's story who else and what else is to come in this in this genre because without those comics there wouldn't be any of these superhero movies that we love and know today without those comics there would be no foundation for superheroes as a household name and uh, not, and I'm not saying it was just him alone. Cause of course it was not. I mean, Marvel DC and, and Jim Lee and, and all these other people, Neil Gaiman and all these other guys, uh, Frank Miller have their lane and have done a lot of incredible things. This was one that stood out to me. And again, I wanted to share it with you guys. I hope you enjoyed this, uh, long ass story of me telling you about Mr. Todd McFarlane. Take a moment, check out, uh, Check out some of the stuff he's done on your own. Complex, if you look up Complex, Todd McFarlane, I think uh, there is a great video there. There is an interview from the 2000s that uh, he did in the nightmare mind of, of Todd McFarlane. Or you can just go to the guy's uh, YouTube channel or or uh, Facebook or Instagram. The guy posts regularly. And the cool thing is, is he likes explaining shit. And like he'll tell you this is the new guy, and this is the reason why, and blah, 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 blah. blah. I, I, I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I like how he does that. I like how he uh, invites you into what he is doing uh, creatively and and talks about a lot of this stuff. And also, he also has a Kickstarter going as well. Uh, to re, I believe it was the recreation of the original spawn characters and it's pretty cool you can check that out again if you are a spawn fan obviously if you're not a spawn fan maybe not so much but uh you still have to to pay the guy some type of homage for his creative endeavors and him influencing the market all several markets at this point um yeah pretty pretty cool stuff all right need to get another cup of coffee after that one folks again This is Monday Madness. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. And don't forget, the Friday show is coming this week with Dustin. So you're going to want to make sure and tune in there. As always, please, if you've made it this far in the podcast, hit subscribe. Please take a moment on your whatever platform you're listening to and Give us a review. It's very simple. You click the the podcast name up on the top. You give us whatever stars you think we we are worthy of, whether it's three stars, five stars, twenty stars, whatever whatever your platform allows you to do. It does mean a lot to us. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page to where we do include teasers of the uh, podcast, So you get a l- little bit of a preview, a little visual preview on, on occasion. We also do um, some stuff in between podcasts uh, that could lead up to the podcast or just some side news on what's going on in the Culture Jacked uh, preview that we uh, like to discuss here on the podcast. All right, guys, again, I'm your host, Anthony. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Monday Madness. You guys have an incredible week. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next Monday Madness. Thanks for tuning in.